Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day. We're out here on a Tasty Tuesday, and Tasty Tuesday, man, I am hungry. Time to eat. You know, I uh, always joke with my good friends and uh, probably not joking that, uh, you know, I always manage to keep a lot on my plate. But that's because I got a big appetite. I got a lot on my plate for food, for life, love, pursuit of happiness, for everything I'm going after, for things I'm chasing, my friendships. And I got a big appetite for it. I got a big appetite for it too, man. I got, uh, you know, just ready to eat, ready to get after it. It's a good time. We just came off a real good weekend, a real good Monday long day for uh, training but a ton of fun I mean it's just I'm messing around at social hour we get to meet with a ton of cool people Um, just having a blast with it but anyways today for Tasty Tuesday we're talking about something that is pretty important for a lot of the athletes out there we're talking about nutrition uh, prepping for a race not necessarily in training for a race not necessarily in okay you know how do I eat to fuel my body properly for these couple weeks of training? Go ahead so I can prepare to get my body uh, fueled, recovered, rested for competition. No. It's about kind of the day of or the two or three days above. What do I do with that for my body in terms of, okay, prepare myself along the way and how can I help myself get where, to where I need to be for the race so that my diet, my food, my water, and take my hydration not something hindering me, not something getting in my way. So first of all, we're going to hit on hydration. Extremely important to be hydrated before uh, competing, whatever you do. But that also includes not overhydrating too. Um, if you've got to weigh in some kind of mixed martial arts fight, some kind of UFC fight, some kind of wrestling match, anything you got to weigh in for like that, um, obviously you're going to be pretty damn dehydrated when you do that weigh-in. Because on average, for probably... Eh, intermediate level um, to high, you know, high high school level, stuff like that, people usually are actually weighing at a typical resting healthy weight, eight pounds heavier than what they actually weigh in at. For a true professional level competition, it's probably much closer to 11 to 14 pounds difference for differential. Um, That's, you know, it gets dangerous in there, um, but that's a line that some people choose to take as far as, you know, what they're going to do themselves themselves to be ready uh, to make that weight to have as much leverage as possible during the competition. However, we keep, uh, you know, keep on from there and it's about getting that hydration level right so you can have the health. Um, Keys to this and not overhydrating. Drink slow, sip it in real slow and everything. Uh, Some advice for all y'all out there. If you're doing long endurance events, keep the water as long as you can breathe properly. Um, for something like hiking or something, but especially like long-term races, if you can breathe properly, keep your mouth uh, a little wet. Keep a little bit of water just barely underneath the tongue. What happens with that is it doesn't go through the stomach. It doesn't necessarily uh, go through the liver. It doesn't so extra. It doesn't get flushed out into the bladder and not used efficiently if there's a big gulp in. What happens is that we've got these uh, capillaries under your tongue. That's why you know if people have a heart attack, they put a little nitro under the tongue to get them going again. Um, and you know, because it goes to the capillaries directly into the bloodstream. So if you want the water, instead of kind of sloshing around through the gut, because 
the gut activity is a parasympathetic activity. Running races are a sympathetic activity. You want those things to not balance themselves out in the nervous system. You want them during moments of activity, of sympathetic activity. You don't want increased parasympathetic. You want to be able to just focus on fight or flight, go, 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 get that race done. Work really well in that moment. Because you're being chased by a bear, you better run. You better run for a long time because you're in this race against your imaginary bear. So having the hydration level in there without getting that sloshing around in the gut, really good for you, plus staying efficient, plus not having to uh, urinate as much with a slow, steady release of water into the system as you need it. But hydration also comes in the form of electrolytes. So if you're going all day and everything, you can't just you know rely on water alone. You've gotta be able to have uh, that potassium and that sodium for sure. And potassium is typically the ones that are lower um, a little bit of misconception about cramps in the body and everything that we talked about before. But like, oh, there's not enough sodium in the system. Well, that can be true if you're going for a long endurance event, one of those big Spartan races, mud runs that are longer and everything, or a long time, like a half marathon or much longer of a run. That can be true with the sodium regulation levels. However, typical walking around, Americans especially, we get way too much sodium in our diet. So there's no, no reason whatsoever. Just walking around, simple activities, that our reason for cramping is due to not enough sodium. Um, could be due to too much sodium, but really just due to fatigue and muscles not being conditioned enough and prepared to uh, be utilized for what we're actually trying to benefit them to get them to do, to have resiliency of the tissue. So sodium and potassium hydration in terms of the electrolytes, pretty damn important along the way. In addition to those, you know, talking about food, what do we do? In the intensity, in the ready, kind of the sprinting muscles and everything, and our sprinting action, our metabolic cycle, we preferentially burn carbohydrates. We preferentially burn carbohydrates. So the kind of quote unquote carving it up in that, in that for uh, the day or two beforehand or sometimes the week beforehand, is that effective, is that efficient? Well, what is effective is doing it about two days beforehand, about two days before the event. Start to increase, have an increased carb load before and also, in addition to that, start to decrease the activity you're doing so that you can be rested and recovered and that you're not in this kind of pattern that you've been in throughout training of depleting your glycogen and mostly re retaining it and putting it back in, depleting glycogen, and then again, mostly putting it back. The glycogen responds to, okay, we have exercise stimulus to decrease glycogen. I need to restore it. Sweet. So then in addition to that, we've got, you know, the food storage, we've got to be able to have the sugars in our system for the glycogen to be able to respond from there. So what happens is if we wait, you know, a day or two before we start decreasing our exercise threshold, our body is still used to saying, hey, I burn this much during a day. So I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna get used to that over time. And so what what happens along the way is that our body gets used to that and says, okay, keep replacing that much, that much, that much. As it does that, and our body doesn't actually burn it in those next two days, it has an excess of glycogen along the way. But let's say we did that a week before instead of a couple of days before. What would happen, right? Would it be even better? Not so close. Our body would get used to, again, the decreased exercise activity and would not replace as much glycogen. So it's imperative that we still have some decent exercise intensity for, you know, uh, about three days or so before the event and start tapering it down from there. But get periods in there where we're still giving our body stimulus of, okay, just get after it, man. We're not just complacent. We're not just sitting around. We're not just twiddling our thumbs over here. 
but we're actually doing something um, that's benefiting our body and getting that uh, glycogen restored in the muscle at a super maximal load, at a above the regular, the typical maximal load in that area. And again, really effective strategy, extremely important for before races and getting everything ready and primed to burn carbohydrates and have increased uh, have increased sugar stores available and ready to go. In addition to some of this advice as far as kind of quote unquote carving up, um, it's important to have enough protein in the system for leading up the couple days before, but not be too bogged down by it. Have something that digests well for yourself, um, but yes, certainly be able to uh, have enough stores so you're not at a deficit of protein by any way, shape, or form. Have enough protein in there that you're recovering from the uh, the workouts that you are doing, the little stuff, kind of priming the body, getting it ready so that you can be fully prepared and fully fresh, ready to go. Not in the process of still kind of lingering on, partially recovering along the way. Well, then you also want to make sure that you have foods that are, again, easy to, to digest. We talked about the balance of sympathetic and parasympathetic systems in our body. You don't want to be resting and digesting, chewing and mooing. It's kind of made that up. That's kind of fun. Chewing and mooing, resting and digest. I like that. Good old cows, ruminants, uh, creatures of four stomachs, a stomach per udder. It's uh, utterly fascinating. But anyways, you don't want to be uh, resting, digesting, chewing and mooing when you're trying to go. Go, go, go. Have you ever seen a cow run? Not very fast. You know why? Because they're always chewing food. They're always eating. And because they're kind of lazy. They don't do a lot of training. Uh, but basically, if you don't want to be a cow, don't eat a ton of fiber before the race. You have to have a low load on your uh, on your GI tract, on your whole digestive system in there, so that you're not busy resting and digesting when you're supposed to be going, 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 fight or flight. Kind of, again, the four F's of sympathetic is fight, flight, freeze, and sex. So again, four F's, flight, fright, uh, sorry. So the four F's are flight, fight, freeze, and sex for sympathetic. And there's no way you want to be resting or digesting for any of those four activities that are going on in your life. So a little, uh, little word to the wise there for life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for learning up about a little of this uh, pre-race, pre-competition stuff, about things to prepare for for yourself, your others, or loved ones along the way. All right, everybody. Simply, not easy.